you're struggling to take people with you and make the right impact in your organisation, you may think the problem lies with the people around you, whether it's your board, your staff, your stakeholders. Maybe you think they're not up to the job or they're willfully pushing against your direction. You might think you don't have the right governance processes in place. You need another committee or working group that has to be set up in order to make the action happen. How often do you look internally at how well you've set out your store and created the right conditions around you in order for others to perform well? I'm Lee Griffith, a communications strategist, executive coach and all-round champion of leaders who shun the old school stereotypes. I'm here to help you get clear on your strategy, implement some self-leadership and connect with those you serve through your communications so that you can deliver improved organisational performance, engagement and reputation. Sign up to my newsletters to receive even more useful insights into how to be an impactful leader. You can also find out how I can support your organisation to better connect with the people it serves. Visit sundayspies.com to find out more. In this episode of the Leaders with Impact podcast, I'll be exploring how your personal leadership strategy can mean the difference between low or high performing organisations and what you can do to get clarity in how you show up as an impactful leader. In episode one, I talked about my SLC framework, the three things you need in place in order to make a great impact as a lead. SLC stands for strategy, self-leadership and communication. And you may remember me saying that these three areas almost work like cogs. They're interdependent on each other. If any of these three are out of quilter in your leaders, you'll notice it in your organisation. It's going to show up in the performance, in the productivity, in the morale, and ultimately in the reputation of that individual, most likely in their team. And if they're senior enough, you're going to see it more widely as it infects the culture of the organisation. I wanted to focus today's episode on the strategy cog because I'm not talking about organisational strategy. I'm talking about your personal leadership strategy. And there is a difference. And I think it can be hard for some leaders in organisations to distinguish between having a personal strategy and an organisational one. It's perhaps perceived as something for like personality-led businesses for entrepreneurs, maybe when the leader of the organisation is the organisation. And that in and of itself can cause issues and plays into my point that you do need some distinction between an organisation and its leadership. If you think of companies like Joe Malone, for example, simply put, your organisational strategy is the overarching vision and direction the organisation is heading in. High performing organisations are really clear on their strategy. And without that anchor, an organisation's going to flounder. But what also sets them apart is that leaders of high-performing organisations are clear on their personal strategies too. Organisational and personal success happens when leaders have a personal leadership strategy. And I want to share with you why you might want to be giving your personal strategy a lot more thought than you might have done so far. Let's break it down. What exactly is a personal leadership strategy? For me, it's that thing of being intentional about who you are as a leader and what you can offer an organisation. So it's your personal values, your vision, your objectives in the role you're going to do to achieve those objectives and how you're measuring the impact that you're having. Now, these are all very similar phrases that you're going to see and hear in organisational strategies, but we're not looking at the macro, we're looking at the micro. So what your contribution is to an organisation, how you're going to show up and deliver. In effect, what's your style and approach to taking people with you to achieve the organisational goals? When I talk to organisations, you can see when a lack of personal leadership strategy is getting in the way. 
the staff know what the organisation is trying to achieve, but they're confused because they don't know what their leaders stand for. They don't know what matters to them, what makes them tick. They don't perhaps have clarity on where the teams should be focused or what they need to prioritise. Basically, they don't really understand why they should be doing what they're doing. And that can also come across as the leaders maybe lacking some oomph, some energy. They might be flip-flopping on decisions, being inconsistent with what they say and do. And all of that has a big impact on the self-leadership piece, which I'm going to cover in a bit more detail in another episode. So having clarity in your personal leadership strategy absolutely helps you with that connection piece with your teams. It's how you build trust and take people with you. You know, they get you, your values, what you stand for, and they're willing to take the actions because they believe in you and what you stand for. Your strategy helps you to show up authentically and provides that compass, I would say, for your actions and decision making. And then more broadly, it's going to help you stand out from others when you're applying for that next role. You're able to articulate your vision for the organisation and what you're going to bring that might be different to the next person. And this is a really important part because quite often I'll talk to people who go, well, you know, I'm a chief exec in a sea of chief execs. I'm a chief operating officer in a sea of chief operating officer. How do I stand apart? How do I stand out? Well, this is how it's the things that distinguish you as an individual that will make you stand out and make you more employable. And it also helps you to understand in what types of organisations and situations that are going to serve you best. So, for example, you might be a leader whose strategy is always to focus on recovery and turnaround. You come in and you take short, sharp action. You're really interested in working in fast pace, in seeing some form of recovery happen, seeing big results happen quickly um, and that's how you thrive, that's where you get your energy from and that's where you know you show up best. Now you're not necessarily going to be the right person to pitch yourself to a company that's looking for a nurturing, maybe a culture building, a slow burning leader because there's a a misalignment with with what you're interested in and what you bring and what an organisation is looking for. So by having a defined personal leadership strategy, you are going to be better equipped to deal with both the challenges the organisation faces and you can maximise the opportunities around you. Now, that does sound like some corporate BS bump for which I apologise. But what I effectively mean is having your own leadership strategy gives you greater self-awareness about the type of leader you are. And that is only going to be of benefit to your organisation. So let's look at how you start building your personal leadership strategy if it's something that you haven't really considered before. And it might sound obvious, but you need to start with defining your purpose as a leader. And I think this is something that we often don't do, particularly if we uh, work in a specific industry or if we've moved up within organisations through a specific area of expertise. We, we almost fall into that next job and that next career and we don't look at the, the bigger why question. Now, there's loads of exercises you could do to help you with this. Just a quick Google online, for example, but you can work with people as well. But what you're trying to tap into is what sparks you up inside. 
So you might find, for example, looking at your past experiences quite helpful or maybe chatting to some friends or colleagues about what you uniquely bring to a situation. I've done exercises where I've got teams of people to ask friends, family, colleagues what type of chocolate bar they are, just because it gives a really useful insight into the type of person they think they are and the connotations of a certain brand that it brings with it. But when you've got these words, you know, you start pulling out the key themes and things that stand out and maybe the stuff that ignites the fire in the belly that we heard from Sharon Carter, who's the chief exec of Hexagon Housing in episode four. There'll be things that stand out of you that you go, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that really excites me. Yeah, I'm really good at that. And that can help to start forming and understanding what your purpose is as a leader. And I think linked to knowing your purpose is also that understanding of your values. So these are the things that drive your behaviours and guide your decision making. And again, there's loads of exercises that can help you with that. And some of my clients we work through eliciting what someone's uh, values are and distinguishing those that perhaps are aspirational and those that are maybe more closely linked to the way that we operate on a day-to-day basis because there, there is a difference and I think it's important that we can tune into the stuff that drives us versus the, the kind of person that we want to be. It's important that you have an honest assessment of where your strengths are, the skills you bring and that reflection on where you might need to improve. And that includes a reflection on your emotional intelligence. So that self-awareness in terms of what triggers you, how you respond to others. And again, make sure you're factoring in feedback from others, whether it's formal or informal. It could be 360 feedback. It could be appraisals. It could be things like the, the chocolate bar exercise that I've said. All of this is going to give you a great wealth of information about the type of leader you are coming across as and how much that resonates with you in terms of the type of leader you want to be. So we have purpose, values, that assessment and reflection piece that's going to help us focus on what we want to achieve. And then like with any strategy, we need to set out some goals. So they might be organisationally focused, they might be industry specific, or they could be more broad than that. The most important thing is that they are the things that are going to help you to deliver your purpose. And you're only going to know how you're doing if you think about how you're going to measure the impact. So you need to ask yourself the question, how will I know what I'm doing is working? And that's going to be really personal to you. With any strategy, you have the big picture, but then you also have to look at the implementation. So what are the actions you're going to take to achieve those goals? How are you going to be living your leadership strategy? This is that self-leadership piece again. It might be what are the types of boundaries that you're setting and how you stick to them. It might be how you decide how you're going to run your team or your service or the organisation and those rules of engagement almost. You need to consider how you're going to be communicating and engaging with people. So how are you going to be telling them about who you are, what you stand for, what your vision is, and importantly, how that aligns with the team or the company vision and goals. How are people going to know what your boundaries are and how you work? And what types of questions that you're going to continually be asking and testing as you go about in your role? You'll notice that these things I've listed are the other two cogs in my strategy, self-leadership communication SLC framework. Because they are so 
important and interlinked with each other. So what does a leadership strategy look like in practice? If you remember in the interview with Paul Matthews that we did in episode two, he talked about his interest in next practice rather than best practice. Now, that is absolutely part of his leadership strategy. It sets him apart. It tells his board, his staff and stakeholders what kind of leader he'll be. It drives where he focuses his attention and time. It was part of the pitch. If you remember his story about how he uh, explained to the organisation when he was applying for the role of chief exec around where it, it needed to go next. So, you know, that he's absolutely setting out his stall. When I worked in corporate, part of my leadership strategy was to demonstrate that communications and engagement was a fundamental part of every leader's role and not something to be left to the comms team. Not very dissimilar to, to what I do now in my Sunday Skies role. So that absolutely drove my actions. What my team and I focused on it was how I framed my discussions in the organisation, the types of questions I asked in, in meetings. It wasn't at conflict with the organisational aims because I knew the board wanted to be an outstanding rating organisation. My aim was to improve the leadership cadre in my organisation by focusing on great communication and engagement because I knew that would make a difference in taking people with us. And if we took people with us, we'd improve performance, we'd improve morale, we'd improve our standing in the community. So can you see how my personal leadership strategy drove the way that I worked, set out my stall to the people I worked with, but also set me apart from maybe other people who could have been going for the same job as me. Now, I've said a few times and I've talked about it in my own personal experience that your personal strategy and organisational strategy are different things, but that still requires some alignment. You can't be fundamentally opposed in your values or a key facet in the way of working. I mean, you can, but it's not going to bring you job satisfaction. It probably won't keep you motivated for long. And it will definitely frustrate you if you think you can get the organisation to do a 180 and they don't. And from a well-being point of view, at least, that isn't sustainable to have that type of feeling and angst all the time in your role. And if you look at the reasons organisations hire leaders, it's mainly to take the majority of people with them. If your strategies and approaches are misaligned, then you're going to struggle to do that. You might gain a few followers who believe in you and your approach, but that isn't really the impact an organisation looks for. And we only need to look at the recent example with government, for example, where there is individual self-interest within cabinet that's completely misaligned with where prime minister wants to go. You see that with private companies who get taken over. If we take someone like Elon Musk, who has a really distinctive personal leadership strategy. He's all about taking risks, breaking boundaries, challenging that status quo. That can probably really inspire organisations like Tesla who see themselves in the same mould. But he found real challenges when he took over Twitter and rebranded to X. Because there was opposing views, there was a different culture within the organisation. Now, he owns the company, he can do what he likes and, and he stays in place. But you do wonder about the long-term future of an organisation when you've got that severe misalignment in that case. If you compare it to someone like Uber, the co-founder and CEO was known as being really aggressive and competitive, which is not the leaders with impact way, I might add. He created a really toxic work culture that started to overshadow everything that the company was trying to achieve. 
and so much to the extent that he became a liability and had to leave. And they replaced him with someone whose strategy was to focus on rebuilding trust and culture. So a completely different type of leader. Another example is when Ellen Powell, the CEO of Reddit, a couple of years ago, um, she she joined and her leadership strategy was that she was a strong campaigner on gender discrimination in the tech industry. And she wanted to rectify that at Reddit, but it was absolutely at odds with their strategy of free speech. And so ultimately she resigned because she couldn't overcome that lack of alignment. So what I'm not saying is that you can only work somewhere where there is 100% alignment. And I'm not saying you can't close the gap either if things are misaligned. Gaining alignment is another key skill of a high impact leader. And you can absolutely do this between your personal and organisational strategies. Firstly, you need to understand the organisational strategy and objectives, where it's heading in the short and long term. Now, you may be helping to set that or you may have joined an organisation where you're implementing your predecessor's strategy. And then you need to look at your own values and aspirations, the stuff that we did earlier on in this episode, where you want to go in the organisation in your career. And you begin to map these out against each other and see where there is convergence and divergence and this is going to show you where there are gaps how far out you are and most importantly it allows you to ask how much do you want to close that gap if you do want to close the gap you need to look at how you're going to move towards the other side and this is the key because we can focus so much on how we're going to bring people to us we make ourselves a focus but getting alignment and buy-in in whatever aspect you're trying to is about trying to understand what's important to others, listening and responding directly to that. So set some goals that are focused on how you're going to move towards achieving the organisational goals. Look at what your responsibilities are, what you're prioritising and communicate that clearly with everyone so that they understand what you're doing and how it's contributing to the bigger picture. You have to consider how you're leading by example. So showing that your actions and decisions are supportive of the organisational strategy. And look at your stakeholders. So identify where you need to build relationships and maybe where you need to withdraw. As a senior leader, the alignment across the executive team is super important. So you need to be having those conversations about how individual and collective strategies must work together to achieve organisational aims and have honest conversations when there's conflict. And throughout, it's important that you keep checking on and assessing your progress and effectiveness and adapt course if needed. You've got to be open to change, seek feedback regularly and test that the alignment is still there. So we've explored what a personal leadership strategy is and how it differs from an organisational one. We've looked at why there needs to be alignment across your personal and organisational strategies. You've got the bones of your strategy. You might want to spend some time thinking it over, testing it out with others or a coach. My one day intensives are a great way to do this in a safe space. I'm not going to pretend that once you've got a personal strategy, everything is going to be smooth sailing. Remember the three cogs I mentioned at the beginning, your strategy won't work without self-leadership and communication as well. As with any personal change, you're going to meet challenges and resistance. It's normally other people kicking against these things. No one really likes change, especially if it changes power dynamics. You're going to need to be able to distinguish between what is natural kickback and what is your strategy going off course. Now, there's no such thing as perfect. 
and all high performing teams and leaders within those teams get comfortable with taking risks, admitting when things go wrong and changing course when needed. If you do face resistance, go back to the steps around building alignment. Be clear in communicating who you are and what you stand for. Be the example that you're trying to set and reflect, seek feedback, learn and evaluate to help you understand the next steps you need to take. Remember, like with any strategy, it's not something you do once and leave on a shelf. It's a living document and an ongoing process that's going to change and adapt as you do as a person and as a leader. I hope this has given you some new insights about yourself and some things to reflect on so you can take some steps to be a more impactful leader. If you've decided that you need to be more purposeful and intentional in your leadership strategy, then my one day intensive is a great starting point. This is a full day, just you and me unpacking and reconstructing what you want to achieve as a leader. Whether you're applying for a new role and want to be more impactful in how you pitch yourself, if you're starting in a new role and you want to hit the ground running and increase your chances of success, or maybe you're already established in a role but feeling like you're failing to connect with others and take them with you, then this day will help you get clarity and develop a clear plan of action. Visit sundayskies.com to get in touch. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know on Apple Podcasts or on your app of choice and drop me a line over on LinkedIn. You can find me at Lee Griffith. I'll be back with the next episode in two weeks' time. So in the meantime, remember to sign up to my newsletter at sundayskies.com for further insights on how to lead with impact. Until next time.